0: Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show.
1: Classic Hits.
0: Um, uh, We've many regular callers to the show on a regular basis. And uh, Evelyn... Uh, was a caller to the show on numerous occasions and always brought it a little bit of a joy into all our lives. Uh, and Sonia is her daughter and she joins me on the other line. Sonia, good afternoon to you.
2: Good afternoon, Niall. It's a pleasure to talk to you, Mom Always talked about you.
0: Ah, uh, she 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 took me everywhere with her. I believe yes,
1: we. Please.
2: She's, she always said if mum wasn't on the radio, she was listening to the radio and listening to Niall and She said he was the one that had the bravery and the courage to speak out where nobody else did on the radio.
0: Uh, you tell her I really appreciate her compliments and I'll, I'll take that on board. But yeah. sadly, she got a bit of bad news.
2: She did. Um, I live in the UK. My brother lives here in Dublin and my sister lives in the Netherlands. My mom was taken into hospital on the 15th of February at 2 a.m. in the morning. She had a seizure in bed. Okay. My brother was upstairs. He came down and it was a terrifying experience for mom. Um, she was taken away and my brother, unfortunately, couldn't go with her because of the COVID restrictions. So mom was terrified this had to come on her. And not only that, she had to leave her son out on the road. Okay. So she was taken into the Masha hospital on Monday, the 15th of February. Um, we called her in the evening time, very distressed, saying that she was lying on a bench and she didn't know what was happening to her. She was frightened and she was cold. So we ran through to the staffing unit to see if we put a blanket on mom. Mm-hmm. Um, mom was sadly diagnosed with a mass on her brain on Wednesday, the 17th of February. Oh, I'm so sorry.
0: I'm so sorry to hear that. On her own. I know, and, and you know, this is very distressing to hear this, that elderly people, or anybody indeed for that matter, you know, is in hospital on their own. And it's a time when you want to hold somebody's absolutely. hand. Absolutely.
2: For a fit and independent woman who went against all the odds at Christmas when they said, don't go to the UK, we're going to close all the airports. My mom got on a flight on the 22nd of December. She got on a flight from Dublin to London Heathrow and came down to me in Poole and Dorset in a taxi. She stayed with me for two weeks. Mm -hmm. She went back on a patriation flight from Stansted. She said it was absolutely packed. There was no space in between each other. She's 76 years of age. She got off that flight and she came home and she quarantined in Fairview for two weeks. I remember remember talking to her. Nobody called her. She didn't contact uh, uh, COVID or anything like that. She was left in the Matter Hospital to be told that she had, and not only that, she witnessed a poor man the plug was unplugged no family was with him in a cubicle and they put a blanket over him right Mm. the trauma just continued Do you know
0: what Evelyn it's just coming back to me I remember talking to your mum before Christmas and she was so undecided about what to do and she really wanted to get to see you I remember talking to her and and I think I encouraged her probably just to go she
2: did now (laughs) she rang me at 4.20 in the morning That's right right, she told me that Sonia will you ring me I'm not going to Dublin I'm not going to London today and I said okay mum have a few hours sleep I went online and I booked her a ticket for six o'clock that evening. She rang me back at 10 and said, I'm raging, I didn't go. I said, Mom, you're booked on the six o'clock. And we I, had a wonderful time together.
0: I do remember the conversation. I spoke to her on the air and I do remember the
1: conversation. It was with a her. wonderful
2: time together. Yeah. And on the 17th, when Mom was diagnosed on her own, she rang us up on the Thursday and we were trying to get over. We got in, myself and my sister, because the embassy don't allow you in unless it's crucial. And we were devastated. We had to do a PCR test. I travelled up to London, I came across, we were supposed to quarantine, there was no bloody way. I wanted to see my mum and we weren't allowed to see her. We went down to the hospital. She discharged herself on the Friday night. She rang us and said, take me the fuck out of here. She still had the needle in her arm. She said what she witnessed was horrendous. Two male nurses took down her underwear. One actually took the remote control uh, batteries out of the remote control so they couldn't watch the television. All this trauma and being told that she had a mass on her brain. And and all
0: she wanted to do was see you. She just wanted somebody to to hold her hand and somebody Um, to make her feel a bit better.
2: Absolutely. And my brother went down at 8 o'clock on Friday night and carried my mom into his van and took her home here with us. And the woman I saw was a very different woman to what I had seen when she left me on the 7th of January. She was a broken woman. Distraught, absolutely post-traumatic stress. And,
0: and you know what? I, and, I, and I've spoken to her a couple of times, and I remember talking to her just before Christmas when she went over to see you.
2: Mm-hmm. And she
0: was such a positive woman.
2: She's a she's a wonderful. Not only is she a positive woman, she's a wonderful mother yeah. and a friend. And and was,
0: you know, my heart goes out. I mean, I I always say that I count my lucky stars that my parents are dead, and I know that sounds a horrible thing yeah, to say. No, it doesn't. Uh, but 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 if my mum and dad had been in the situation that your mum is in now where she's very unwell i would hate to think what i've said it before on the show and i and by the way i have an obligation to tell people to follow the guidelines etc cetera, etc cetera, but wild horses wouldn't stop me from seeing my mother
2: oh absolutely and, and i know
0: how people feel about that
2: oh it, it was just Heartbreaking for my brother, to the trauma of seeing that he couldn't go with her, mm-hmm. and that we had come over distressed from another country, and we couldn't, we couldn't even have a quick COVID test. I'd have paid anything to see my mother's face when she got that diagnosis. Absolutely anything. Mm-hmm. You know, and for just him, to
0: comfort her, to be there to comfort her and tell her everything will be okay and well, try your best to make her feel everything will be okay.
2: a woman who has never been a lean on the system. Mm-hmm. She doesn't take anything from the system. She's taken care, care of herself so well that she never goes to the doctor. In fact, she'd called an ambulance the previous day on the 14th and she rang me in the UK and I said, Mom, will you just get an ambulance? My niece was here with her. The ambulance men came out and said that my mother was having an anxiety attack, mm-hmm. that there was nothing wrong with her. Yeah. And then the following morning at 2 a.m., she had a massive seizure in her own bedroom. And I feel very, very sad. And one of the things that my mother said when she came out of the Massa Hospital, please tell Niall Boland because he will understand this. For the families, this government is a joke. They're not putting things in place for people that are on their own in the hospitals. They need to be able to go in, at least one person, to go in and to comfort. Yep. It's horrific.
0: I think it's I think correct. we are going to look back in history. Oh, my and God. And not only did we treat elderly people with absolute disrespect, particularly oh. those in the care homes, but, but those who were ill, who went to hospital. And we talked during the week about you know, pregnant women having their first baby and the father can't even be there with them and all those other things that we have done. And we have denied people access to their own... We've split up families. We've torn people apart, the families apart.
2: health situation is going to be horrendous. Mm-hmm. I would just like to ask the Irish government... I live overseas and I have done for 18 years and I'm very Irish and I love Ireland and I love the people, but I'm ashamed of the government. I am so ashamed that there's only 5 million people thereabouts. All they had to do was vaccinate the frontline workers, the people that are on the frontline and protect them and then protect the vulnerable. So there's no lean on the system. So then you can have a quick COVID test for people to go in and be with their loved ones. And all these poor people waiting on hospital appointments and operations that are dying at home. I am I am ashamed of this government. As my mother said when she came out of the Masha hospital, put the news on. I want to see what's going on. And when Micheál Martin came down the stairs, she said, oh, look, here comes Meatball Martin. You know, nothing to say only to we're still in lockdown five. No plan for the future for the Irish people. More bad news. They have failed the Irish people. That's
0: I couldn't true. disagree with anything you've said so far. How is your mum now, Evelyn? How is your... My or, granny, sorry, yeah, Sonia, the Sonya, the sorry. mother,
2: we took her home. Um, she had um, the diagnosis last Monday, a week yesterday, and they said, you know, what we'll do is maybe we'll think about maybe a bit of something just to tide you over and we made a decision on Tuesday morning to ring Bowman Hospital, who were wonderful, to take our lovely mum home. And she's with us now, and we're having a wonderful time, and she's singing lots of songs. Good. And one of the things that she did say, and we that we feel so sorry for the staff and the hospitals, because they're doubling up not only as medical workers and doing an exceptional job, but they're also having to call pet families. Yep. And be a family, not only to the patient, but to be a doctor and... To uh,
0: and a, a go-between between, between families and, and their loved parents. ones, yeah. yeah.
2: Absolutely. Which was never something
0: they're trained to do, by the way. No, it's
2: no. so unfair. Or all these, you know, hospital workers. As I always said, and I know I probably shouldn't, but Ireland, I'm very patriotic about my country, but I tell you something, the EU owned Ireland's balls
0: yeah they, I know I, I I couldn't disagree with you I, I, I think fact. what we've done I mean, and Boris by the way by the way, can I do I do want to point out obviously, we care about public health, and yeah. that's really important, but the way we 're dealing with it is shameful oh absolutely absolutely shameful
2: now listen i don't think Boris Johnson's anything different, right he's not the greatest, but I tell you something compared to what's going on here, you only have to come and walk in the Irish people's shoes and walk around and see all the shops. I mean, I've lived here for two recessions and I look at the poor Irish people today. What this government is putting them through is disgraceful. It's absolutely disgusting. You know, you think about third world countries, they've got better healthcare systems here. Well, we I, I well, look,
0: look, we've all, we've known for many, many years, yeah. by the way. And I heard Leo Radcliffe this morning on radio defending our healthcare system. But mind you, I, and I will defend the people who work within the healthcare Ooh. system, the doctors and nurses, but the system itself, the administration of the system has been a failure for the last 30 years. Yeah. And, and it hasn't got any better. And look, thankfully... You know the the COVID nineteen wasn't as bad as we initially thought it was going mm. to be back uh, last March when we were predicted you know hundreds of thousands of people dying, which thankfully didn't happen. Because if it did or we got anywhere close to that, the health care system would have collapsed.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. But I do feel very sad. I feel very sad yeah. as an Irish person, and I, as I said, I love Ireland and I love the people, and I'll do, I'll be buried here. Yeah. But I feel very sad for the Irish people and that they've been so badly let down. And, and why don't you do
0: of, something for me, Sonia? Yes. I want you to go in. I don't know. Is it, where's, Where are you now? Where's your mum? Oh, mom? I,
2: I can be very near to her. Do you know what I said I to her? I want you to Ni- give
0: her a big hug for me.
2: Yes, I will. And do you know what I said to her, Niall? I said, I'm not putting you beside Mom because what you'll do is you'll start interfering. Yeah. Now, Niall is here beside me, Mom. He wants
1: to, to
0: Wait, you. I want you to give her a big hug for me.
2: Hello, Niall.
0: Hello, Evelyn. How are you? I, I, I feel
1: better.
0: Okay, look. I am so sorry that you had such a bad experience and I'm so sorry that you've been diagnosed with what you've been diagnosed with and you you know that. And you were a wonderful caller. You were so positive before Christmas telling us that you were going over to see your daughter, Sonia. Yeah. I remember you, I remember talking to you on, on the radio about it and you didn't know what to do. Yeah. And and look, you were right to do what you did. Absolutely, 100% right Niall. to do what you did. No,
1: your show, your show is... is one, 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 one of the best on
0: the radio. Evelyn, if I could give you a big hug now, I would. You know I would.
1: Yeah. Okay? I know. But I... Best missus to Bowen's Hospital because she they, they saved my life. What's left of it?
0: And how do you feel right now? How are you feeling at the yoga? Okay? Are you comfortable? Okay, and you have and you have your family around you
1: to be with my loved ones. Yeah, and that's what everybody needs. I I I would give up ten years of my life if I had ten years of my life for this.
0: Yeah. So goodbye now, Evelyn. It's been lovely talking to you and I've enjoyed talking to you so many times on the radio. You're a lovely person. You're a wonderful, positive, bright person. Mm-hmm. And I, ha- I hate to hear you unwell. Thanks, Niles. And I hope for you're comfortable, all right? Good and good and give your, hug your family to death. Hug them all to death.
1: It was worth it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Goodbye, Niles.
2: I'll
0: see you, Evelyn. Bye-bye. Oh,
2: thanks, Niles. I really enjoyed that.
0: Listen, Sonia, thank you very much for getting in touch with us, all right? Yeah, and you look you after her, after, okay? And I
2: promised her. Thanks now.
0: Okay, see you, Sonia. Look Goodbye, after her, okay? Do you know what? That's one of the saddest things that I've ever heard. And she's right. Sonia is right. People all across this country have been denied access to their parents, the people they've spent all their lives with, the people who raised them, who brought them up in hospitals when they've been dying, They've been denied access to them. And I think we will look back at this with so much shame, so much shame in years to come. And I know that Evelyn broke the guidelines by going to the UK. But do I care? No, she was with her daughter. And I know her daughter would have broke the guidelines if she had to, to come to see her mother in her hour of need. But do I care? No. Because that's what families are all about. That's what family is all about. I'm not encouraging people to break the guidelines. But your family are more important than any bloody guidelines. Being with the ones you love, being with your elderly, the parents, the people who raised us, the people who we should respect in this country, who made this country what it is. It's saint Patrick's Day tomorrow. It's all about being Irish, isn't it? And these are the people that made Ireland. And it's so difficult to listen to Evelyn. And I know she, she struggled a little bit there to talk and it was so difficult to listen to her because I spoke to her many times on the air. And uh, she was always very upbeat and a very positive person. And she still is because she's with her family, because that's what's important to her. I want everybody to reflect on that. And I want everybody to reflect on what we're doing right now in this country. And I understand public health is important. I'm not suggesting for one minute it's not. But I've said it time and time again. We can protect the vulnerable. We can protect the people. And she rightly said, vaccinate the healthcare workers so they're not at risk in the hospitals. But We have to stop disconnecting families. We have to stop tearing people apart, particularly at funerals, be it at weddings. Not so much weddings, probably, certainly, but funerals or going to see our loved ones in hospital. You should never, ever be kept away from somebody in their hour of need. Never, particularly if it's your mother or your father, your brother, your sister, your son or daughter. Anyway, All right.